Hey folks, Jeff Salzman here and welcome to The Daily Evolver. Today, I am visiting with Stephanie Lepp, who is the creator of a new podcast that I'm really loving. It's called Reckonings. Mm -hmm. And the theme of Reckonings is how do people change? How do people change their hearts and minds on the big issues of the day? And I think that is a very worthy inquiry. And I would like to welcome you, Stephanie Lepp. Thank you. Good to be here. Yay. One of the things I love about your podcast is you're, and I, I think I resonate with it because I'm doing the same thing, is that you're dealing with the hot issues of the day, from guns to climate change, abortion, criminal justice, Trump, you know, of course. And you're talking in every case with people who have skin in the game. They've been affected, so they're politicians, whatever they're doing, they're experts, and they've changed their mind mm -hmm. on, on that, that particular issue. And, um, and I would actually even add a little evolutionary integral spin on it and say that you're uh, inquiring on their growth stage development growth. I mean, how they move from one view to one that's actually generally more big, bigger and more inclusive. And so we could talk about that. Uh, but I think maybe let's just start with a little bit about Stephanie and how she got into all of this. And I'd love to know. Yeah, so yeah, well, thank you. Thank you. Great to be here. Hi, everyone. Yeah, I'll start with you had asked me about my integral story. I love that question. I've never been asked that question. So I'm just going to start there. And, you know, and thinking about how to even begin with that, I would say I have been, uh, I've been aware of my consciousness and the way that my consciousness is evolving i would say from a very young age i very vividly remember waiting for the school bus in second grade you know i'd, I'd done first grade and i was through first grade and now i was going to go to second grade and i remember thinking as I was waiting for the bus, like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm going to second grade now. Like last year, first grade, I didn't know anything. Like this year, this year, I really know what's up. You know, I'm, I'm going into second grade. I really know what's up. And after experiencing that kind of enough times, that sense of like last year, I didn't really know anything. But this year, I finally realized, you know what? I bet I'm going to have this experience again next year. <laughs> and therefore, I probably don't know everything that I, there is to know right now that I am in third grade or fourth grade. <laughs> and just had this realization like, wow, my mind is, is in a process of growing and expanding. And... So that, yeah, so that, that, that gave me a little bit of humility and, and I would say just awe at the way that yeah. our minds grow and yes. evolve. Um, and so that, you know, that, you know, then, you know, I guess formally being introduced to, you know, I, I think it was right after college, someone gave me just based on whatever I was saying and thinking about, you know, someone told me you really should read a theory of everything. And, and this I, is a book, of course, by Ken Wilber. The theory yes. of everything, yes. Yes, so that was my first formal introduction to integral thinking, and I was very resistant to it. Um, really? And I, re and I was aware that I was resistant to it. Like, I knew, like, there's something here, you know, but I don't, I'm not, I'm, like, not ready for it yet. Um, you know, it was like, why all of these taxonomies? And why taxonomy at all, you know? And you could just right. kind of hear green, green in there, and... Yeah, and I, and I, you know, I was aware that I was resistant to it, but that left kind of a curiosity for me. But I, I, it's like I had to kind of come to it on my own. So 
you know, whatever, read the book, was resistant to it, and then just developed my own kind of worldview, which I called promiscuous pragmatic pluralism, which was basically just <laughs> integral thinking, but not art articulated or like very thoroughly or well-researched or very sayable at all. So, Well, I, I just want to pause for a moment because I have to say, for somebody who's just pulling it together on their own, uh, promiscuous, promiscuous pragmatic pluralisms, pretty good. Yeah. You know, that, that yeah, pretty well yeah. says it. Yeah, pretty, I, I actually did something similar with, with, uh, with fractals, where I used to call them parallel manifestations at different levels of reality until someone was like, Stephanie, there is an, ent there is a, an entire body of work around that. And <laughs> it's a word to say. It's like, oh, wow, so grateful. Um, so anyway, so promiscuous pragmatic pluralism, which was really just my way of, I mean, yeah, the, 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 the underlying question is under which circumstances, right? Under which circumstances is your, is what you are embracing or holding true or useful or helpful or, um, and so, so whatever was, was a promiscuous pragmatic pluralist still am, but ended up coming somehow coming back to a theory of everything, reread it, and you know, yeah, it was, it was, it was a way I was thinking, but yes, yeah, so much more thoroughly articulated, well researched, and sayable. Um, and I, you know, I, I have actually come back to that book and reread it multiple times, and it is just kind of the gift that keeps on giving. And I, and it's the same copy actually that I have had for a long time and I write a lot of notes in the margins. So it's this kind of like wonderfully meta thing to be like watching the way that my thinking has evolved about the way that thinking evolves. <laughs> right? um, but I, so anyway, so as, as far as, uh, um, but as far as how, how all of that connects to, you know, what I'm up to in my work, I am, a, I, I actually don't even know how to articulate what I am anymore, but I, 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 I'm a liberation artist. I'm a, I, I'm a collective liberation artist. I, I am a maker of things, I would say. Now what's, what's a collective liberation artist? A collective liberation artist is me just being playful with the fact that I don't entirely know what to call myself. But, you know, a liberation artist, like I'm, I, well, a collective liberation artist is someone who makes things. No, I, I will, I, I should actually take that seriously. Someone who makes things, art, I will call it, that liberates everyone, including yeah. the tyrant. Because until, I do believe that until all of us are free, none of us are free. And so I am committed to liberating all of us. We are yeah. all in this together. You know, yeah, so, no, I, love, I love that about your podcast, uh, where you talk about yeah. now, how could I have compassion for a white supremacist? And, you know, and you sorted it out. Well, I, I can't really have compassion for what he does, but I can have compassion for where he's coming from. Because you interviewed, this former, yeah. you interviewed this former white supremacist who talked yeah. about his liberation and away from that thinking. And you reported back something that is not astonishing to integral thinkers, but people in the white supremacy movement don't think they're being evil and destructive. You're right. Yeah. They think they're being, they think they're actually righteous and, and fighting for God and good. Yep. Mm -hmm. that, that's an insight that is not easy for people who are gripped around, you know, ideology. 
Yes, and it is a, I would say it is an integral practice, you know, as an interviewer to have to have to actually see the truth in what they're saying or see, see where they are coming from, understand where they are coming from. If I just judge, then it probably won't be a very interesting conversation to listen to. <laughs> I really challenge myself to get inside of where they are coming from and see the reality that they see and see the truth that they see, which again is an integral practice to be able to hold what they believe and what they feel. Then yeah, I will have grown myself and I will be able to share a good story. And, you know, all of us will be able to, you know, see right. yeah. clearly where each other are coming from. Yeah. Yeah. And that is a fruit of integral consciousness in the sense that that doesn't really, that's not there for green. Green feels like to the degree that you hold compassion for a white supremacist, for instance, uh, it, you've somehow weakened yourself. Mm -hmm. you know, you've weakened your argument. You, 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 you can no longer resist uh, mm -hmm. or something. There's something like that. It feels and like so a surrender. That's why I added, since we're getting into this, and I love that you're interested in the term, that's, that's why... I added the promiscuous. Yes. <laughs> I can be, I can be promiscuous. I can, I can, and there are some places, there definitely are places that I can't go yet. Right. You know, I, I, and I, and I'm, I'm aware of that. And maybe, maybe I will choose never to go there or, but I know that I'm not going there. You know, mm -hmm. I also like to say sometimes I'm so open-minded. I'm even willing to be closed-minded sometimes, yeah. but you know, let me just be aware of my closed-mindedness and just be yeah forthcoming about it yeah there's places i can't go and i and i don't want to go yeah <laughs> it's like an animal abuser you know that sort of thing i i, I next lifetime you know mm -hmm. maybe. but i don't even want to this yeah time. and it's good to it's that like that is okay that is that is also you you know allowing yourself to be blue or you know like exactly. allowing your, your, yourself to say like I, yeah I'm, this I'm is where i am yeah. On, on this Thank growth you. thing. I mean, I know that I'm heading for complete enlightenment and ultimate <laughs> compassion. I do. But, you know, in due time, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't make myself move from nine years old to 12 years old just mm -hmm. because I want to or whatever, you know, however. Right. You, so there's a difference between saying I won't go there because no one should ever go there and going there is the wrong way to be. And just saying, I, I don't, I won't go there because I don't want to, because it yeah. doesn't serve me or it doesn't serve other people or it's not part of my evolving process right now. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. So Stephanie, let's look at some of what you've done. You have uh, a couple excerpts, I guess, to play for us. Yes. And yeah. um, so why don't you introduce us to the first one and set it up for us? Um, Oh, great. Should I, should I say a little more about what reckoning is or just... Oh, well, this, this will, this will uh, illuminate it and then we can continue okay. to talk about it. All right, let's, let's, just, let's just take a listen. Okay, yeah. so um, I guess I will just say as by way of a tiny bit of, of context. So there is a ton I could say about what... So, yeah, so yes, reckonings comes from the idea... Well, I, yeah, maybe I will give a tiny bit of... Reckonings oh, comes from idea that um, change in the world happens inside of people, which begs the question, you know, how do people change? How, how do people actually change their worldviews and overcome racism and homophobia and recover from addiction and 
So Reckonings has featured anything from, you know, deeply conservative congressmen who made a dramatic shift on climate change, all the way to, like you said, a, you know, a white supremacist who transcended a life of hate and became a force for nonviolence, all the way to, and we'll hear this today, two teenagers who managed to overcome bullying. Um, and so it, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty diverse cast of characters, but, uh, but the through line is really an exploration of the question, you know, how do people change? And I would say specifically, and this is something I'm not explicit about in the way that I describe the show, but I can say to all of us who are listening, is the kind of, the kind of change that I really am specifically interested in is a leap from first tier to second tier. And I, and I, and I say that I kind of want to like hedge that a little because I don't mean to say that in every episode all of the you know guests you know have you know evolution is messy but 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 you know this isn't about one dogmatic position to another dogmatic position but from you know from certainty to uncertainty or from I have it all figured out to maybe I don't you know from 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 being you know kind of attached to my way of being to feeling free to reflect on my way of being and be critical of my way of being and, and, and consciously change my way of being to adapt to the reality around me. And so, um, you know, and I would say that even just the process of reckoning, what I'm asking my guests to do is in and of itself uh, a, a bit of a, of, a, of a second tier capacity. You know, once I'm not so attached to my ego, I, I don't need to get defensive about a thing that I did. You know, because 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 that's that's all it is. It's just the thing that I did, and not the overarching everything that I am. Yeah. You know, and I I can just kind of see the way that I have changed and hold it and and admire it and and tug at it and explore it and and, and move on. Um, and so, well, it's what you're saying is so such a beautiful textbook explanation of just what are the driving engines of evolution, and that mm -hmm. is that we move from seeing ourselves as the subject to seeing ourselves as the object. So mm -hmm. I'm able to reflect, you, as you put it, you said, I'm able to reflect on my way of being instead mm -hmm. of just being it. And that is a, moving into a witness consciousness that yeah. is just the nature, we just continue to do that. We'll continue to do that for God knows how long. Yes. Or everything or something. But, uh, yeah. but that is indeed uh, God's work. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love that you see it that way. Well, thank you. <laughs> and since you're picking up on that, I mean, I, yeah, the, the, the organizing principle that I use to describe the things that I make as a collective liberation artist is that of a mirror. You know, I am making things that hold up a mirror that enable us to see ourselves more clearly because I trust in our capacity to grow, if only we can just see ourselves clearly. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's it. We don't even have to try. We just have to see. Yeah. It's really something. The witness, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And 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 I do have that question about and, and then and then we'll do the excerpts, but just as a as a I do have that question about the the spiral and like it you know it, can in, in the same way that biofeedback allows us to you know by seeing you know our bodily functions allows us to kind of consciously change our bodily functions i i do wonder and and i do wonder if there is something similar to be said if about let's call it sociofeedback where if more of us 
were aware of, knew about, could see the spiral, the way that we are evolving, could we not, not skip colors, not like get there faster, but just evolve in a more, quite simply just joyous and fun way? Like if we just kind of knew a little more about what we were going through, could we just, could we evolve in an easier and more fun, less painful well, <laughs> uh, well, that's way? A, that's, yeah. I think again, a beautiful inquiry. Yeah. Yeah. So with that, yeah, let's, 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 let's take a listen. So yeah, there is, there is a ton I could say about what I have learned um, about what moves people to change. Uh, although I, my very unscientific um, exploration of the topic, because the sample size is not enormous, but <laughs> I, I will say I have learned, I, I feel like I have seen quite a bit. Um, and I would say um, the way that people change falls into, I could just kind of put it into two um, main categories. Um, one, one entire category back to the mirror is just seeing ourselves more clearly just so, so, someone else holding up a mirror or the person themselves looking in the mirror and that being what moves them to change. Um, and the other category is, is seeing the other more clearly and, and the other being whoever it is that you are most impacting by the way that you are. Hmm. So, um, I love that simple. Seeing yeah. yourself more clearly, <laughs> seeing the other more clearly. Very simple. Um, so it's so the first the first clip I will play is a is a case of seeing ourselves more clearly. And this is um his name is is a the young man named Joe Lindsley, who was the protege of the late uh, Fox News chairman Roger Ailes. Uh, he became very close with Roger and his wife Elizabeth. He kind of became somewhat of a surrogate son to them. He lived with them for a while, and then had a bit of a crisis of conscience and, and made a very dramatic uh, departure from that relationship. And Roger Ailes had told Joe's dad, this person's dad, that Roger is saying this, that he had never met anyone more like him than Joe. Oh, and interesting. So, yeah, so this is Joe. So this is interview with Joe. This is, well, this, now you will hear Joe kind of um, seeing that, seeing seeing himself clearly, seeing what, what it was about him that, that Roger sought as similar to himself. Okay. Um, so and I this is, this is about a three and a half minute excerpt, you said. Yeah. Yeah. Or three minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. Okay. So now I'm going to share screen. Let's see. Uh, oh, now it's not showing me the, the SoundCloud, but I guess I'll just do desktop. It's, can you see? There? there you go, yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay, let's. At that point, I had never taken the time to examine why it was that Ailes said he had never met anyone more like him than me. All day. You can surround yourself with your enemies, perceive they're real, and, and that keeps you occupied. Everything is, a, is an occasion for a, a crisis, a confrontation, an argument. We, we could have sat around and said, okay, we don't like Obama's policies. We think they're very bad. 
But instead, Obama was, uh, he thought he was evil and conniving and was going to become a tyrant who would never give him power. And, 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 and it made us feel like heroes. It gave an importance to our lives. You know, I mean, everything was tinged by, oh, you know, the potential threats. I mean, even when Ailes and his family and I were at the Olive Garden, you know, which we enjoyed because it was all you can eat breadsticks, uh, you know, we assumed that, you know, uh, Frank and Irma at the table next door might be listening to us, you know, to, to or might be assassins. My whole idea of journalism was, was couched in confrontation. You know, everything was a, was a battle between, you know, what we saw as good and what we saw as evil. Because that's how we saw the whole world. I knew, I knew there was something missing. You know, I, I knew that, this, that the course that Ailes and I were on was not, you know, I mean, it seemed glorious, but deep down we knew that there was, there was this isolation and sadness. I mean, that's part of the reason why, you know, you make the president out to be, you know, this, you know, this sinister, you know, uh, figure out of a James Bond, you know, story, because you can focus on that rather than on your own unhappiness. And so you, you fill your life with this extra drama and activity so you don't have to think about the other, or think about or address the unhappiness. That sadness... Uh, it become it, 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 it has a power over you when you don't address it and just acknowledge it. I realize that this is the deepest way how Ailes and I were most alike. I felt very close to God in that moment when I just yelled. While it might seem sort of sacrilegious, that was my soul being somehow forcing its way into honesty. The next step is that I have to write this story. I need to write this truthfully, unvarnished. All right. Okay. Yeah. So... That is that is what a reckoning sounds like. Yeah, I mean, I'm actually uh, surprised at the amount of vilification that Ailes had for Obama. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I think I knew that theoretically, uh, but to hear it actually expressed that he was sinister, that he wanted to be a tyrant, that it, it's uh, you know the, the, this great battle of good and evil, this glory thing. This, that's all very, you know, from integral speak, traditionalist amber, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a right, there's a wrong, there's a good, there's an evil. And, you know, the shades of gray is not really what they do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people really are at that, um, you know, they, they live in that world space and yes. they're fighting an enemy. Yes. And, and, and as he said, now, I, he said that he knew that there was some sadness underneath all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I don't know if that's how all people at that stage feel, uh, but I, I know when you're ready to leave it, that's how it feels. Uh-huh. You know, it starts feeling like this is a thin gruel. You know, this, mm-hmm. this isn't enough. Mm-hmm. And that's what's happened to this Joe guy. Joe, what's his name? 
Joe Lindsley. Uh -huh. Joe Lindsley. So, yeah. wow. Uh, so how was that to talk to him? It's always, I end up a little bit, I've never told any of my guests this, but I end up, I end up a little bit kind of falling in love with all of them um, because it's just so, yeah, because the, I, it's always, it, it's, it's beautiful. It's, it's beautiful that they have been able to change, that they are able to talk about their change, that they, they are able to just kind of sit in it and not under, not even entirely understand it all the time and, 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 and share it. And yeah, with I mean, the, you know, it's, and I guess the other thing I can say is, you know, we all, we all, we all know the, the, the saying, you know, hurt people, hurt people. And so we might have, we might be able to guess, you know, that Roger Ailes was a, a hurting person. Um, but, but to actually see what that looks like a little bit on the inside and, 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 and just going back to the, you know, the, the, the what we were talking about earlier, like, once, once you, once you adopt their reality for a second, and if, if you really kind of take seriously that they thought that, yeah, that Obama, he was, they thought he was mobilizing the TSA as a secret army to, to keep himself in power indefinitely. And if you get inside of that and you, that, that sounds like a really scary world to yeah. live inside. If and you that, really believe that, you, you, you would be absolutely called to action. Yes, yes, exactly. If, exactly. That were, if that were true, you would be yeah. unpatriotic, you would be inhumane. Exactly. And it starts to make sense of the kinds of things that they do. And again, it goes back to the, the white supremacists. I, I don't have compassion for what they do, but I perhaps can find compassion for why they, they did it. Yeah. There is, and then there's also the, you know, and, and, and I do, I, I can also hold at the same time people accountable for not challenging themselves. That is something that I can also hold to compassion for where they are coming from and a little bit of, you know, of, 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 of uh, what, whatever it would, I don't know what the word would be, but accountability to, to the way that you are, to challenging the way that you are, yeah. to pressure testing the way that you are. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right on. And, and, uh, you know, it's at some point uh, fighting. You know, resisting. You know, I, I can I cannot hate somebody. I can understand that they actually think they're doing good, but resist them. You know, if, if I don't, and you know, see the, the dangers of that. And and you know, one of the things I sort of advocate for in the Daily Evolver is the culture war. Is that mm -hmm. one of the nat the nature of evolution is that we do fight our way forward, and as yeah. long as we can do it without. Um, real sticks and stones, but you know, just character assassination. Right. Uh, that's progress. Right. <laughs> so yeah. And, and, yeah, we, we need to be in the arena. You know. Right. And, and the fact that we all, the fact that so many of us want to be in the arena. I mean, sometimes I feel like I wonder if the problem and the solution is that we all want to be heroes. You know, like if if if, if the problem here was that they wanted to be heroes, maybe that's not so like there's a lot of heroic things that need to be done. You know, if you want to be a hero, we can give you a way to do that. Yeah. You know, like the fact that that's something that you want is, 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 is also is both the problem and the solution yeah. in a way. No, it's true. And it actually sort of, uh, I mean, even you saying that, I feel my heart swell a little bit in compassion. 
because all of these people who I think are batshit fucking crazy and dangerous are actually yeah. looking to be heroes. Yeah. You know. Yeah. All right. So we. Uh, so that was. That's a cool one. Uh, you got another one for us? Yes. Yeah, so so the second one is, I, I the you know second category, a case of seeing the other more clearly. This is Polly. She. Uh, a, a teenager in high school um, and a bully. And she has an experience with Challenge Day, which is this amazing anti-bullying workshop. It's actually so much more than that. Um, but in this context, they, they go to schools all over the country, actually all over the world, and they host these all-day workshops where it starts with fun and games, and then they really just get students into their hearts and, and just speaking honestly from their hearts. And she was able to, 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 to bear witness to the impact that she was having on other people. And so uh, you're going to hear the same music because um, I've had to depend on the kindness of musicians who are willing to share their music with me for free. But as Reckonings grows, I'm looking to grow our musical repertoire. Uh, but just, just warning you on that. So, all right, oh, share screen. Um, Make sure those two boxes are checked. Uh, I did, yeah, I hope, yes, they are. I'll know, I'll, I'll, okay. I'll hear it. Oh, but I didn't, um, now I can't actually see, hold on. Let me bring up this, okay. Okay. Okay, so now. Challenge Day, it just showed me how you never know what somebody is going through. But I seen like their reactions and stuff, and it just made me think like that's not how I want to affect people. I don't want to leave that effect on nobody. That's not what I want to do. And it really like I don't know. It did something to me because when I like was there, I was crying. But when I went home, like. I really locked myself in the bathroom and I was really crying because I started thinking about like I've done all of this stuff that I can't take back. But then I started thinking like I really want to change myself. I can't like take what I did back, just move on and try to better myself. Wow. Well, yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. That's just it's very touching very yeah. heartbreaking in a good way yeah yeah and so impressive i mean she's she was i think like 16. uh-huh you're sounding a little faint stephanie are you uh, oh. close or on or um i didn't change anything but uh let me i don't know did did i sound less you sound better you're better now oh, oh yeah. i'm just leaning in a little bit more yeah okay. that could be i can see here yeah, no, it's uh, and, and it's such a, an example of what we were talking about earlier, and, and that is uh, just being able to see oneself. So mm -hmm. she goes to this workshop, and as she says, she's able to see the reactions of the people that she's been hurting. Mm -hmm. And this gets to a principle that I think is really a, an important spiritual principle that one of my favorite teachers, Trumpa Rinpoche here in Boulder, uh, he's dead now, but... Uh, he was one of the Tibetan monks who brought Tibetan Buddhism to, to uh, the West. 
And one of his principles is the idea of basic goodness. And that human beings have a basic goodness. That once they see something, to see is to care. Mm-hmm. You know, and that that's sort of automatic, that we actually want to be good by, the, by what we're able to see. Yeah. And that's, that's different than the idea of human beings being fallen and, and evil mm-hmm. uh, that comes out of the Christian tradition. Right. And, um, and I think evolution would show us that, we're, that, that the idea of basic goodness, that we are growing to goodness uh, overall with all kinds of wrong turns and dead ends and bumps and grinds but overall we're growing to goodness is seen in all of our individual lives too. And just so beautifully yeah. transmitted by this girl. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I, 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 I completely believe that I complete, and, and I believe it feels, it actually is feels better. It just is more fun to, 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 to live there. To come oh yeah. Instead of yeah. thinking, you know, the world's going to hell and we're yeah. all, blew it and we drove it into a ditch and we all have to be punished and Jesus Lord. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I absolutely believe. Well, and, and I will say, and, and this, I, I am very much seeing people's basic goodness in all of these stories. And um, so I would say, and I started, I started the show before the 2016 election, but definitely reckonings has, allow me to maintain my capacity and people's basic goodness at an otherwise challenging time. (laughs) Yeah, because I absolutely believe that. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm going to hold on to that. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You have one more for us, right? Oh, yes. Last. So last one, last clip is is really just, I would say, just a, a, a really sweet articulation of integral thinking. Um, this is Jerry Taylor. He is the only paid climate skeptic who has ever flipped. Um, he was the head of the Cato Institute's climate and environmental policy shop, and he was kind of a leading spokesperson for climate skepticism, which means he, he was that guy, you know, like on CNN and NBC and Fox kind of waging battle against uh, climate activists. And as you will see just by hearing him speak, he's very persuasive. He's a very effective communicator. So he was very effective in that role. Mm. And he, um, here he just kind of gives a really, a really nice, um, in, I, and I would say integral, even though he doesn't use that term, but a really nice articulation of how, how we might relate to our beliefs, our okay. worldview. Uh, and this is, you say, about a minute. And what's the gent's name? His name is Jerry Taylor. Great. Yeah. Okay. So, share screen. Okay. Okay. Oops. One of the most useful witticisms that I've come across was from C.K. Chesterton, who cautioned against uh, the person of the one book, the the person who might read Atlas Shrugged or, you know, name a book that is all the political rage in certain communities, and then they become militant on this. And, And so Chesterton argued against the person who reads the one book uh, because they will invariably find themselves in a well-lit prison cell. 
in a well-lit intellectual prison cell that they can't escape from. And when we find ourselves uh, using our engines of motivated cognition to stay within the tribe and to constantly police ourselves against the possibility of being tempted by heretical thoughts uh, and uh, uncomfortable observations about reality, what we're really doing is arming our inner policemen to keep watch on this penitentiary that we voluntarily locked ourselves in. And one of the reasons why it's been an incredibly uh, uh, invigorating thing for me to be at the Niskanen Center and to have the people around me that I have around me is that it's an incredibly invigorating thing to not be in a penitentiary anymore, to not be in an ideological penitentiary or some sort of tribal penitentiary. And I fear that too many people, not just in climate skepticism, and not just on the right, but on the left as well, because they are they are captured by these uh, dogmatic and ideological uh, loyalties, that they are, in a sense, locking themselves in a, in, in a rather exhausting jail cell. And they would be far better to let these things go and to think with open minds. Right on. Yeah. Yeah, really, really well put. And such a beautiful... Uh, uh, a transmission of this idea of growing out of a particular ideology, it starts to feel like a prison cell. Mm -hmm. It starts to feel like uh, you're, again, to use the nine-year-old and the 12-year-old, it's like you're tr still trying to wear the same shoes at 12 that you had on at nine. Right. And they right. just are killing you. Right, right. And for a lot of these people, they just come to this through experience. It's really nice. If they, they come to this, Again, it's, yeah, it's not the shift from one position to another, but from relating to my views in a particular way, in like a fearful way, to, to being free, like he just said, being free to think with open minds. And, and it's just, it's, it's so fun. You know, you know, me, I have my, I get nerdy on integral theory and excited about it. And it's just fun to watch these people kind of just come to this way of being very intuitively just through their own experience. I mean, just the episode that I'm working on now it's, I, I've, I've been so refreshed, you know, it's, it's, I'm weaving together the stories of a, it's a former um, jihadi extremist and a former white supremacist. And it's really just, it's like, they could have gone in either direction, any direction, they just needed something, you know, and so it's, 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 it's interesting that it's kind of powerful to weave their stories together. But both of them have this it just made me laugh that when I asked, I, I don't know what question I asked, something about like what they're up to today or who they are today or something. And both of them have such this like non-ego, like the, 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 the former white supremacist, and I hate to call him that, but he said something like, he was like, I'm a hockey coach that cares about equality. And then he was like, I, I don't even know what, I don't know. I don't know what I, I know that I'm, I know that I've, I've I'm an, I've, I'm an, I've, I have a propensity for alcoholism and drug addiction. So I need to stay sober. I know that. That's like the one thing he could just like, the one concrete perhaps thing, you know, it was like, how, how great. Like you clearly are not particularly attached to, you know, like you now see yourself as just a, an evolving being. Oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Where do you find these people? Ah, so I have a, I have a, a long and seemingly never-ending list of, uh, 
of stories I want, you know, it's like, I want someone who changed on gun control, or I want, or I want, you know, whatever it is that I'm looking for. I, I want Al Franken to call me. Um, but so once I know what I'm looking for, it's, uh, it's really just a matter of, of, you know, then it's, it's what organization or what friend of mine or what person or, and the, and really a lot of it is, you know, the self-publishing revolution has been a boon because I can just Google, you know, regrets of a former ex or confessions of a former ex. And I used to be X, you know, an ex can be white supremacist, bully, you know, perpetrator of sexual violence, whatever. And someone oh, okay. has, yeah, you've got the, the, the medium post or the Reddit post. I mean, for a lot of people, and this is also why I think a lot of people are really willing to talk to me for a lot of people sharing their story is a part of their transformation totally. process, a part of their yes. healing process. So a lot of people are really already sharing their stories online. Um, but, but yeah, but really, I mean, the, the question is, you know, what am I looking for? And, and then from there, it's, it's just a matter of, you know, figuring yeah. out how. So, yeah, so you go and find them, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, so uh, uh, how often are you putting out new uh, podcasts these days? Oh, not as often as I want. I, I, you, have quite a, you have quite a repertoire there, though. Yeah. On all, I mean, if you think of the issues of the day, you pretty much have a podcast on all of them. Yeah. You yeah. know, or at least a lot of them. Yeah. I, well, I guess I just feel like there's so many more I want to do. I cool. mean, I just, yeah, I, I mean, I, I want, yeah, I want to, I want to do, you know, the me too. I want a, a, a perpetrator of sexual violence and the person that he impacted that, you know, to, that have had a restorative justice process um, to, to share and showcase and model how they managed to heal through sexual violence in a way that achieved healing and justice for both of them. You know, I want one of these tech leaders, one of these, you know, ex Facebook executives who now doesn't let his kids use Facebook. You know, I, I want, so I, maybe I'm thinking where I, I, there's so many I want, but yes, um, have, have covered some good ground and, uh, they come out every, um, every, every month to two months. I am hoping, praying, my dream come true would be to, I, 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 I want to hire a, I want a team. Yeah, because I'd love mm -hmm. to be putting out more, more yeah. often. It feels like we are in a moment right now. We are reckoning with sexual harassment and sexual violence. We are reckoning with, yeah, we're reckoning with technology. We are reckoning with, with the gun, guns. We are reckoning with all, you know, it just feels like, and maybe we always feel this way, but I do feel like we are in a moment of reckoning right now. The moment is ripe, and I and I want to, I want a team uh, to really meet the moment. Right yeah. on. Yeah. So if people want to hear more, they go to reckoning, reckonings um, plural. Reckonings plural. Yeah. yeah reckoningsplural.com. Reckonings.show. Oh, okay. Yeah. Reckonings.show couldn't get .com. I actually right. am not sure what's on .com. I should check that out. I wonder. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, reckonings.show. And then from there, yeah, you can find, you know, wherever, however you choose to get your podcast. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Stephanie, uh, thank you so much for joining us and yeah. for sharing your work and your passion. And, uh, like I said, I think you're doing God's work. Well, thank you. Thank you. Helping us to find that multi-perspectival, that 
move that updraft that takes us into bigger territory and hallelujah yeah hallelujah amen amen good to be on the same team indeed with you and with all of you listening yeah yeah thank you all right thank you stephanie thank you for listening yeah (laughs) bye